Hello, my name is Lee Milne, and you are listening to the We Magic Podcast. Hello, and welcome to this, the latest episode of the We Magic Podcast. My name is Lee, and today I want to speak about changing things up. Are you getting bored with your set? Things getting a little bit stale? Well, let's think about what we can do about it. So, several years ago, I was going through a little phase of... I kind of lost the excitement of going to a gig. At the time, I was doing a lot of close-up magic, a lot of walk-around at weddings, at restaurants, things like that. And I still enjoyed that. I still knew I was lucky to be able to do this. And I still went and did every gig, and I still had a smile on my face. But sometimes, around about that period, when I get in the car, started driving home, I was kind of like... You know, I had a little shrug rather than a big smile. I kind of thought, well, that went well. Yeah, it went fine. The audience enjoyed it. The guests at this function really enjoyed the magic. I thought it was fine, yeah. And I was getting into a bit of a slump. And it wasn't the way I wanted it to be. I wanted to be coming out of every gig, buzzing absolutely on top of the world, thinking that was great fun. Those people loved it. I loved it. I made them smile. They made me smile. We all had fun. This magic stuff is great. So what did I do? Well, first... I would like to say my advice would be take a little break. But that's not what I did because I didn't have the choice. I couldn't just cancel gigs. I couldn't afford to do that for a start. I'm in no position to do that still. But I knew I had to do something. So I guess when I think about it, I did take a break in away I think the period I'm thinking about it was mostly weekends I was working gigging so I would work Saturday, Sunday maybe a Friday as well and then that would be me until the following Friday or Saturday or Sunday so something I did do was forget about magic for the whole week that I wasn't gigging. Until the Friday afternoon when I began to get ready for that evening's gig, I just switched off, totally forgot about magic, concentrated on other things for the week. And, you know, got quite intensely involved in other things. I picked up my guitar, or I get stuck into a good book, or... And, you know, I'd done household tasks that I'd been putting off. Anything. 
to stop myself from picking up a deck of cards or from watching the latest, you know, magic video on YouTube or any website. I just tried to switch off for a few days. And it helped, but I think for that to take effect, I would have had to take a good, you know, three, maybe four weeks off for it to have a real effect. It did help a little. But what I really did was I changed things up. I realised I was doing the same effects at every gig. The same tricks, the same bits of business. Now, I don't really script. Even when I'm going on stage, I don't really script. I have kind of bullet points or I have um, an idea of where I'm going written down. But my humour, my persona is, you know, I like to be reactive. I don't want to be stuck to certain lines. I don't use stock lines. And if I do, they're stock lines that have become stock lines in my show because they originated in my show. I don't do the whole... Show me your hand, no, the clean one. Or, you know you know all this stuff. I'm not going to get into all the stock lines. And listen, there's nothing wrong with them. There's not, because you might have heard them a million times. The magician at your local magic club might have heard them a million times and say, don't use them, don't use them. But use them if you want, because your spectator has probably never heard those lines. Especially if you're at a kid's party. You can use the stock lines because for a lot of kids, this is their first experience of seeing a magician. It's the same at a wedding or a restaurant. There are so many people who have never seen a magician. And if they have, they are not used to seeing them every day or every week or every month or even every year. Even every decade. I mean, so use the stock lines. There's nothing wrong with them. I'm just saying I don't use them. They don't suit my character. And my character is just me. But when it came to the effects I was using, I was doing the same things. I used to do a magic trick where a card was selected and it was lost and when it was rediscovered it had a, a, a hole in the middle as if it had been a bullet hole, you know. Um, I did an effect with... I did the old 1089 number force, you know. And that was, it was good, got good reactions. Sometimes I did the other number four switches in Paul Daniels' Magic for Grown-Ups or Magic for Adults. It's one of those titles. It's a good book. It's worth looking at if you haven't looked at it before. Uh, I always did... Let's see. Um, I, oh, do you know, I can't think of all the things I used to do, but I used to do maybe seven or eight stock tricks uh, seven or eight tricks which had become um, routine for me and I realised it was my fault it wasn't the fact that the tricks were becoming boring because the effects are strong for most of the things 
And the way I presented them were fine, you know. Uh, and there's always room for improvement. And the reactions were always great. But I had become lazy. I had become complacent. And I was going through the motions. And I realised that if this keeps happening, and if I recognise it, then eventually my audiences are going to recognise it. Maybe they did by that point, I don't know. No one ever said, they all seemed happy enough, but if they hadn't noticed it by then, they couldn't have been far off. So I took everything from my set, out my little pockets and bags and pouches, and I slid it all. You know, you see in a movie, somebody comes in and puts their arm across the desk and slides everything off it. I did that with all my magic stuff. And slid it all into a little box. And then I went searching to see what else I could find. I grabbed a few books that I hadn't read. You know, we've all probably got them, well, most of us. I've probably got some books on our shelves that we haven't read. A few years ago, I got David Regal's books. Uh, David Regal Up Close, maybe. I've had a quick skim through them, but I haven't actually read them. I've got... Uh, well, so many books. John Gustafero, One Degree. Haven't read through it. I've got Jay Sankey's The Complete Sankey. I had volumes one, two and three, but when the pandemic hit and I became nervous, I sold issue three, volume three. Um, so now we'll look at volumes one and two. But regardless, I've been through and looked at a few select tricks, but I've never read through the whole books. So that's what I did. I grabbed a few books and I had a good look at them. And I got a few new, well, not even new, I got a few DVDs that had been sitting in a box for a while. And I went through them and some downloads I had sitting in cyberspace. And I went through them. And I discovered things that I had, I must have looked at in the past, in most cases, but I'd never used, I'd never put into practice. And I came up with a whole new set. And I practiced it and made sure I got everything as it should be. And my next gig after all this was at a fundraiser. And it was a giant sports hall which had been converted into like a, a sort of makeshift ballroom for the evening. And there were hundreds and hundreds of people there. And there were a group, you know, maybe 20 kids and hundreds of adults. And I walked in and I did things I've never done before. I did a torn restored card, Michael Amar. Um, the one Michael Marsh taught, sorry, on his DVD set. I did, um, is it called Scorch? The back of a, a card is, 
Sean P. Burnt. It's by... I'm going to come back to it because it's really annoying that I've forgotten his name. Because he's a great magician and he seems to have disappeared off the face of the earth. Maybe he's just quit magic, I don't know. Great magician, great creator. You know who I mean. I know you do. You might not know, but you do know. You may not know you know, but you do know. Don't tell me no. Tell me yes. His name almost came to me there. It'll come to me. Anyway, I did that. I did all different things. A new out-to-lunch effect I had. I sort of made up being inspired by something else. Um, I did just a totally different set from what I had been doing. And it was amazing. It all went great. And I did come out of that gig absolutely buzzing. Loving life, thinking this is amazing. That was one of the best gigs I've had for a long, long time. Because I made an effort. I added new things. Well, everything I did was a new thing. So I was excited about it. And the audience, the participants, the spectators could see and feel my excitement. And it's great to walk up to a table, approach a group of people, while you're in high spirits, while you are genuinely happy and excited to be there. And they can sense it and they're like, oh yeah, what's this? Yeah. Rather than walking up, when you're going through the motions and um, they don't see a magic trick, they're like, okay then. No, no. This night was fantastic. And since then, I've learned every, you know, not too regular, I'm not going to say every three months or every six months. I'd maybe say every couple of years. I'll change up my set. Unless, you know, it's a repeat booking for, uh, then I'll show them new things if it's the same clients. Or if there's something new I've bought or learned that I want to put into set and I've practised it enough. You know, obviously, that's different. But yeah, that's what I did. That's how I got out of my slump. I changed things up. And it's not just tricks. It's not just effects. I've been doing kids' parties, kids' shows for a good few years before I changed my wardrobe, my attire. I used to wear, I started off wearing a suit jacket and a t-shirt. And then for sort of what I considered higher profile or fancier kids shows, like on board um, a piano ship, for example, I would wear my waistcoat, suit and tie, you know, but eventually I changed that and what I currently wear is what I changed it to and what I currently wear is a pair of appropriate footwear, you know, so sometimes that's just a pair of trainers, casual, sometimes it's a pair of Spongebob square pants, Vans shoes that I've got that I only really use on stage. And I wear 
comfortable jeans or um, what would you call them? Back in my day, they were called chinos. <laughs> Remember chinos? They're called something different now. They're like jeans, but they're smarter. Yeah. Um, or just trousers. As long as they're comfortable. And as long as they look smart and casual, as people say. And I wear a t-shirt. Ideally with something on it, like my most worn t-shirt, I've got two of them, it's a grey t-shirt, sounds good doesn't it, but it's a grey t-shirt with a logo on it that says Magic Man and it's written almost like the Batman font, it says Magic Man and where Batman's symbol would have a little bat above the middle of the words, this the middle of the writing, this has a little magician's face, it's pretty cool. I've got two of them because they are comfortable and they look great. Uh, some t-shirts I've got, I've got a cool one I got in Lanzarote last summer. And it, you've probably seen the adult version. It's just a, I don't know, dark blue t-shirt and it's got childish writing on it and it says, am I childish? And then there are two tick boxes at the bottom. And the adult version is, am I childish? Yes. And the square is blank. No, but someone has written a small B beside the no and ticked that box. So it says, am I childish? Yes, blank. Knob with a little tick beside it. Yeah, I'm not going to wear that to a kid's show. So what I've got instead is the same t-shirt, but it says, am I childish? Yes, no. And someone's taking the little house, uh, the little box beside no, and made it drawn into a little house. Uh, it's pretty good. I'll show you it sometime. So, but yeah, but any t-shirt. <laughs> I went off on a little dream there. Um, but any t-shirt with a purple jacket over it. My purple suit jacket... It's great. I came as part of a purple suit. I got the shirt, a tie. No, I didn't. I got a jacket, a tie and trousers. I've worn the trousers a couple of times. Again, on stage or on board or something like that. But for, you know, for a weekly kids party or whatever, a private party, I don't tend to wear the purple trousers because they're purple trousers. But I do wear the purple jacket. I don't wear the purple tie. But the jacket... It's comfortable, it's colourful. As soon as the kids see me, they're like, oh, look at this creep. No, they're not. They're like, this guy must be the the, um, the magician. And they're right. So, yeah, so, it's like I say, it's not even your props or your equipment or your set. You can change your wardrobe. And it made me feel like I'd gone up a level in magic. And that, whether I had or not, that came across on stage, my belief that I had stepped up a bit. But how do you decide what to change? How do you decide what to get rid of, what to keep, what to add? 
what to just take a break from. Go through it. Go through your show and your mind. Go through the, the last time you performed your set and think, well, that got good reactions, so I'd like to keep it in. So that's a bonus, that's a plus. It got good reactions, right, that's a plus. Do you still enjoy doing it? If so, that's a plus. If not, that's in the minus column, the negative column. Did not get good reactions, okay, straight in the negative column. Is it something that's um, to do this trick you need to carry around, something cumbersome, something that gets in the way of everything else, something you can't really, you know, you feel like it's a bit of a pain in the bum to deal with every gig? That's in the negative column then. And if you've got more negatives than positives for an effect or for what you're wearing or for what you're doing, get rid of it. Even just temporarily. Get rid of it. Take a break from it. Give yourself a break. But if you've got something that's hitting 100% and everybody loves it, everyone thinks it's one of the greatest magic tricks they've ever seen, it blows everyone's mind and you enjoy it. Obviously, keep it, you know. But don't be scared to ask your audience. Did you like this bit? What did you think of this bit? You know, maybe not during the show, but if you can speak to them afterwards, ask for their feedback and say to them, you can be honest, I'm not going to be offended. And when they tell you their honest opinions, their honest feedback... You can't be offended because you've just told them you're not going to be offended. So try not to be. Offence cannot be given. Okay? So even if inside you're thinking, what? How dare you say that? That's my favourite trick. It's on you. You've asked them to be honest. You've told them you can take it. So just smile. Thank them very much for their feedback. And... um, then deal with it. Maybe you need a break. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe if you're performing magic as a hobby and you're starting to get a bit fed up with certain things, starting to get a bit bored with it, and it doesn't matter if you change things or add things or take things away, you're just not enjoying it that much. Listen, take a break. I've learned that from other things. Just, I've been learning guitar for decades, seriously. I've had guitars since I was 16 years old. Now, I'm not 16 now, but when I first got my guitar when I was 16, it was this cheap little thing from Argos, and I couldn't play a lick. But I learned the shapes of the chords, and then left home. And left my guitar at home, and that was it for years and years and years. And then I was in my late 20s when I picked up a guitar again, maybe even early 30s. Picked up a guitar again, and I still knew the chord shapes. That's all I knew. So I would put my fingers on the, the fretboard on the neck of the guitar and make a G and go ching. And then move to a C and go ching. And then to an A minor and go ching. And I would just do that. I would just do a strum, a strum, 
a strum and that would be me I'd be playing guitar I wouldn't be but I would, I would be like this is as good as it gets for me and then a few more years passed and I kind of put it to the side and then I got another guitar a nice guitar and I learned how to strum and this is maybe within the last nine years so I learned down, down, up, up, down, up, down, down, up, up, down, up. And I learned to do that. And I learned to do it while changing chords with my other hand, with my left hand. So before I knew it, I was learning. I can go G, down it, do, 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 G, down it, do, 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 C, down it, down it, C, down it, down it, A, do, 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 you know. And put together wee tunes. And uh, I think the first song I learned all the way through with that strumming pattern was, uh, what's it called, Wonderful World? What Wonderful World? No, Wonderful World by Sam Cooke. Don't know much about history, don't know much about... Yeah, you know it. Beautiful song. And uh, yeah, and from that moment on, I was playing guitar as much as I could every night, and I still play most nights, so I was sitting for months and months and months, learning new things, learning new strumming patterns, learning new techniques, learning new chords, learning new chord shapes, learning notes, um, and eventually, it started to feel like, oh well, it's time to sit and learn some more guitar, <sighs> let's get through this, and I, after a wee while, I thought, this is not this isn't fun, I'm not I'm, I enjoy playing guitar and I do enjoy learning new things but you know, I don't want it to be homework every night I want to play guitar to relax and to enjoy myself and to put a bit of music into the household even if it's just for me and the dog Um. yeah, so the best thing I did was take a break I put my guitar away and I didn't touch it for a good couple of months at least. Again, you might not need to step away from magic for that long. You might need to step away for a lot longer than that. But when I back, went back to guitar a few months later, I was loving it again and I just played for fun and I still learn new things. I'm always learning new things in guitar. It's, I'm still not very good, but I can string together a wee couple of wee tunes um, yeah so maybe you just need a break don't be scared to take a break and don't let other people tell you oh have you given up on that yeah I knew you'd quit I knew you wouldn't last I knew you couldn't stick to it just you can tell them I'm just taking a break or you can tell them mind your own business you go and do what you do I'll do what I do clown Speaking of guitar, that's a hobby. And listen, if I had my dream profession, well, I would either be a writer or a rock star. I would love to stand on stage in front of 10,000 people singing a song I had written and I had originally sang and hear everyone sing it back to me. I can't imagine 
how that feels to be Noel Gallagher or Bruce Springsteen or you know, whoever you want, insert whoever's name here, you know. I was watching a film earlier tonight <clears throat> called The Bank of Dave. A nice little inoffensive British film. Not great, but, you know, nice enough. And uh, there's a concert at the end of it. And during that, I thought, oh, man, that's... That would be great to be standing there on that stage, looking at all these people, enjoying your music and singing your songs back to you. But that's never going to happen because I've heard myself sing and I've got no idea how to write a song. But <clears throat> I'm happy that with guitar as a hobby. I love it. And I have other hobbies. I like to write. Um, I used to draw all the time. That's something I want to get back into. When I look back at my childhood, all I did was sit and draw and I'd draw... Things I saw on TV, I would draw cartoons like Banana Man or I would draw the Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles, as they were known, or the Ghostbusters or, you know, and all I would do is draw and draw and draw. Um, well, eventually that was just knocked out of me, basically. Um, but now I miss drawing and I, I want that to be a hobby. I'm going to try and pick that back up again. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. The point of all this is have other hobbies. I know people who are into magic and magic is their whole life. It's their whole persona. It's all they do. It's, I don't want to say all they have, but it's all they seem to think they have. It's their whole identity. I don't think it's healthy, to be honest. I don't think it's the best way to be. I mean... If it works for you, that's fine. But I do think it's important to have other interests. <clears throat> Excuse me, other friends outside of magic. Other hobbies. There's, um, you know, you, you might have met people like this in the past who they've got one thing and one thing only. And if you're not talking about that thing or if you're not listening to them talk about that thing or... You know, you start talking about something outside their wheelhouse, they just sort of go blank on you. They just look through you and go, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh. So anyway, this card trick I learned, yeah, it's... You know, I think it's... If you're that deep into anything at all, I don't think it's healthy, and I think it's kind of robbed you of part of your identity, of your real identity... But maybe maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm wrong, you know. Maybe this is the best thing for people. I don't know. I just think it's important to have outside interests, outside hobbies. And it doesn't have to be playing an instrument or doing something artistic. It can be... Uh, I love watching movies. It can be that. It can be watching movies or TV shows. It can be listening to music. It can be reading a book. It can be going for a walk. I mean, you should do that anyway. Yeah, I'm one to talk, but you should. It could be anything at all. It could be something, even one of the allied arts. Take a break from magic. Learn juggling. Learn how to juggle. Or learn how to um, 
you know, you can learn hypnosis or or even just read up about them, study them. You don't have to actually do them. Just have other things to keep you interested. Um, yeah, I just, again, I've said right in episode one, right in the very first episode of this podcast, I said everything I say will be my own opinion. You may agree, you may disagree, but it's my opinion. So... So I'm going to keep it short and sweet this week And, well, short I don't know if it's been sweet But I'm going to go Um, And thanks for listening And I hope what I've made uh, What I've said has made sense Again Just If you need to change things up, change things up If you need to Take a break, take a break if you need help, ask for help. Whether that's help with learning new things, whether that's help with, you know, getting feedback from people. If you don't know how to go about that, ask other people. Ask me, send me a message. Um, if you need help in any aspect of your life, reach out. Whether it's something as serious as your mental health or something, you know, that's affecting your physical or mental health, Definitely reach out then. And with magic, don't be scared to ask for help. Don't be scared to ask for feedback. Don't be scared to ask for advice. And um, look after yourself. You look after you, and you do what makes you happy. And when it stops making you happy, stop doing it. Even if it's just for a little while. So one thing I'll hope you won't stop doing is listen to this podcast in fact I would like it if you listen to all of the episodes of this podcast and you told other people or you asked other people <laughs> to listen um, and yeah help me get a few more listeners because I think right now I've got about well I'm proud to say I'm in double figures yes I know I know Hold your applause. Hold your adulation and admiration. I know, I know. But we're into double figures, folks. Listen, it won't be long until I start the YouTube channel. Start selling merchandise. The Patreon will be kicking in. I'll be living on Easy Street. So, spread the word. (laughs) But seriously, thank you for listening. I'll see you next time. So thanks once again for listening. My name is Lee Milne. You've been listening to The Wee Magic Podcast. Keep in touch and I'll see you next time.